the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1623. Luke 15, 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. And I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one, doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. And in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I was given a picture today that I hadn't seen in quite some time, and it took me back to a time as a young father, nay, even as a young boy myself, and a time that I missed when I was a little boy and when my boys were little boys, there was a time when they would be asleep. And perhaps we were driving home or maybe they were on the couch, but it was time for them to be put in bed. And, and the same thing happened to me. And one of the things that it came up was a saying that somebody said, isn't it great when you were a child when you could be teleported to your bed? I mean, you didn't really know how you woke up there, but there you were in your jammies, comfortable, safe, tucked in having been kissed, prayed over, prayed for. 
man, you know, what a, what a pleasure as a child it was to receive that. What a joy it was as a father to be able to do that. So that's my parable that I'd like for you to hang on to for just a moment this morning. And then we're going to dig into uh, the one that Jesus gave. Before we dig into the Luke passage this morning, I want us to know a little more about scribes and Pharisees, those experts of the law. You know, we think in terms today as scribes and Pharisees as the bad guys, right? Amen? I mean, they're the bad guys. They were, they were after Jesus. They were, they were listening to him and saying terrible things, and, and they even plotted together to, to kill him, right? But back in the day of Jesus and before, these people would have they would have been considered the good guys. I mean, really, they, they, they were the good guys. The scribes, the Hebrew word for that is sofarin, sofarin. And an equivalent of today's vernacular might be something like a secretary of state. This would have been in early B.C. They would have been responsible to carry out the dictates of the rulers, those who were their superiors of the time, in all things. They would have been overseeing all things of war and of law and civil disputes, etc. They were important people. They were feared. They were respected. They would have been in tasked with these things, the preservation of, the teaching of, the application of the law. So an example of someone you would know would be Ezra. Got his own book on the left side of the Bible. Ezra was a sofarin, a scribe, and you've heard of him. They were educated aristocracy. Highbrow. Educated aristocracy that was esteemed by the people. Perhaps like today, at a level of esteemed theologians. Esteemed theologians. I'll let you fill in who you think is an esteemed theologian. They were well respected. Further, the scribes were so highly esteemed by the people that there has been a story that was recorded. It's not in our scripture, the Holy Bible, but that there were people that had been known to follow away from a priest in order to follow favoring the teaching of the scribe. For the scribes knew the Torah forwards and backwards might say like the back of their hand. They knew every jot and tittle of it, every single book. They knew it. They were experts at reading it. They were experts at copying and transmitting the Torah. They were experts at teaching the Torah. 
then we have the Pharisees. The Hebrew word for that is Pharoshin or Peroshin, meaning the separated ones, the ones that were set aside. They were a religious and community brotherhood. They were separate from the Sadducees that, we were heard, that we've heard of, and we know why they were Sadducees, because they didn't believe in resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. But it's true. And they were also separate from the Essenes. These Pharisees, they lived a life of piety, a life of piety, outward, visible, that look at me. I am really walking the walk. Can't you just see it? The way I dress, to the things that I eat, to the people that I associate with. Hold on to that. They were attempting to live a life in heart and at home that was similar to the way that the priests who were sanctified by God, the priests were truly set aside by God. They were trying to live that kind of a life that was really self-righteous observance of the law. Jesus called them, or well, I kind of blew that, I was going to ask you, who said, you are whitewashed tombs? Outside you are painted white and clean, but inside you are dead. That's what Jesus said about those people. The Pharisees would not interact with certain classes of people. Are you starting to see? You starting to see where this is going and why these people were upset with our Lord Jesus? One of them, or both of them, knew a fair amount about the Torah. One set knew it by the back of their hand, forwards and backwards. One set, that was their job to make sure that things were being observed. The other ones were set aside by the way they looked. And here is this person that is breaking all of the rules. He's with the wrong people. Sinners. (laughs) Common folks. Uneducated. He's wrong teaching and a disregard for the law. By the way, Jesus had healed on the Sabbath prior to this. It's like the world that the scribes and the Pharisees were living in was like what we call at our house opposite land. Sometimes that which you think should be the way things should be done are done opposite. And as a father and as a mother, sometimes Tracy and I just go, oh, (laughs) opposite world. Have you ever experienced that? Their world is being turned upside down and shaken out by this man, Jesus. But that's what you and I know is exactly how God works. They know, we know that that's exactly how Jesus works. And today, today we know about the good Samaritan. And we know about the bad Pharisee that walked 
by that man that was in need. But in that day, it would have been the good Pharisee who didn't stop because he was busy and he was on his way. He's not going to pick up a filthy, almost dead, naked man. And it would have been the bad Samaritan. He wouldn't stop and engage him either. So here we go. In Luke 15, they were upset because of who Jesus was sitting with. They were starting to get, in today's vernacular, triggered, air quotes, look who he's sitting with. Some would say commoners, uneducated. Others would say prostitutes, drunks, gluttons. And they both would say, and shepherds, as they hold their nose, shepherds. And so Jesus starts it off (laughs) with this. Supposing that they are shepherds, he says, supposing one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, triggered again. These highbrow upper echelon folks that are judging Jesus for sitting amongst common folks, he just called them shepherds. Upside down world, opposite land. And in telling this parable, Jesus is causing these experts of Scripture, these experts of piety and observance of priestly sensibilities to look back to the Torah, to look back to, did you hear what Ken read today? Ezekiel 34. Jesus does the opposite. Okay, help, Ken. Help, Pastor Ken. These guys knew the Torah forward and backwards. They had formed in their own flesh and their own belief that some people were supposed to be associated with and some people were not. Remember, they knew the Torah forward and backward. Well, what does that mean in Ezekiel 34? For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search my sheep and look after them. The Lord is talking about being a shepherd. Kings of those days were referred to as shepherds. Why did they get the promotion that they gave themselves saying that they are not shepherds? That they're not responsible for all God's people. They've been entrusted this treasure of God's word and yet they're using it to divide themselves from, to judge unfairly others, to exclude God's people. And further in Ezekiel 34 to this morning, it says, As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. Jesus is pointing out to these guys that you're not doing your job. And that had to trigger them too. This Jesus is bad for business. People hold us in esteem. He's quoting Scripture. We know Scripture, and he's making us look bad that we didn't do our jobs. People have left priests to follow us, scribes, because we know this so well. Do you start to see why they were so upset with him? 
Jesus is bad for them. He's bad for sin. Further in the scripture of Ezekiel, it says, is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Didn't I give you enough? But you also have to trample on the rest of the pasture with your feet. Is it not enough for you to drink clear water, but you must also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink? They gave what was left over to God's people. They were failing their job, and Jesus was pointing it out. And finally, Jesus, in pointing out He says, I'm the new David. The last part of our reading this morning from Ezekiel, it says that uh, I will place over them one shepherd. This is what the Lord says. My servant David, and he will tend them. Jesus is claiming that role as the servant of the Lord. He's claiming that role as the one that rescues. He's claiming that role as the one that goes after that sheep, grabs them, puts them on his shoulder, and carries them back and celebrates with them in that carrying back. In that carrying back. That is a vision of what we have Jesus on the cross and what he did for us. In that that shepherd leaving all to go after the one that is lost is really a picture of you and me. That he dropped it all in opposite land, leaving the 99 to come after the one, to rescue him, to heal him, to bind him. He does that in our baptism. What he's pointing out to these people is that indeed they were whitewashed tombs and they didn't like it, that their own self-righteousness was nothing, that they had been given a holy and sacred duty to care for God's people and they hadn't done it. And Jesus says, that's it, I'm doing it. And these ones that you have cast out, the weak, the ones with blemishes, are truly God's people. That's you and that's me. We have weak legs, we have blemishes, we have spots, what's called sin. And Jesus rescued you. Just like when I brought up this morning my teleporting part. There's my parable. Jesus took you and he took me like we were little ones. And whenever it happened, whether we were baptized as an infant or baptized as an adult, we were asleep. He grabbed us And he washed us with his word and his water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He made us new. He clothed us. He cleaned us. And he teleported us from the grave to everlasting life with him. He took us lost sheep. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. He grabbed you and he put you on his shoulder And he carried you to the fawn. And he washed you. And then he set you down. He says, you are mine forever. Even though he knows that we're going to wander off every once in a while, he calls us and thank God that through our baptism and through his word and through the Holy Spirit that lives in us, we know his voice and we hear it. 
Today we're going to celebrate the feast of the Lamb. That's that feast that they talk about. You dropped 99, you went after the one, you found him, you swept up the place, lit up a lamp and found that coin. Now it's time to celebrate. We get to celebrate a foretaste of the feast that is to come. This beautiful feast just for you and for me. The true body and the true blood of our Lord and Savior that imparts grace upon us, that assures us the salvation that we look forward to it because we are the sheep of his pasture. That's something to be excited about. In the name of Jesus, amen.